As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When a crime is committed, the perpetrator inevitably leaves behind something. A description, DNA, or physical evidence. This is the criminal's print on the scene. Welcome to the Criminal Prince Podcast, episode 26. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Criminal Prince Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We're thrilled to have you. This is Zach. And this is your co-host, Jaron. And today we're on part two of the disappearance of the Jameson family. If you haven't heard one, I would highly recommend going back and listening to it. It's a very intriguing case. Just to refresh your memory, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Jamesons. We talked about them meeting in 2002. They had their daughter, Madison, in 2003. In 2008, Bobby's parents were going through a nasty divorce and all types of horrible things were said. Bobby had had a very bad back injury earlier in his life and he had to take prescription pain medicine to deal with the pain. So he was on full-time disability. On top of that, Sherilyn was also on disability. We can't pin down the exact reason. We believe it is mental health issues. Their daughter, Madison Stormy Sar Jameson, was six years old. They disappeared while looking at land on the 8th of October, 2009. They were looking for land in a very remote forested area in the Panola Mountains near Red Oak, Oklahoma. They planned on moving out of their beautiful lakeside home and into a Connex box, which we found to be very strange. It wasn't until nine days later, the truck was found and identified that they were missing. There was an intensive search, including dogs, helicopters, planes, ATVs, horses, and hundreds of people. They were able to identify some of the areas in which the Jamesons had been, identify where they had taken a picture earlier on the 8th, and the dogs had a hit on a water tank that really ended up leading nowhere. The search was called off because of the beginning of black powder hunting season on October 24th, 2009, 
And that is more or less as far as we got on part one. The police learned that the Jamesons had a home security system, surveillance system at their house. Bobby's mother claimed that it was because of fears stemming from her divorce. Because keep in mind, she lived there for a short period of time. They looked at the footage from the security system and it showed them loading the truck the morning they went to the mountain. The police described them as looking in a trance-like state. They took about 20 trips to the truck, each with, according to the police, no communication with each other. They would take stuff to the truck and take it back to the house and so on, and there seemed to be no rhyme or reason to what they were doing. They showed the footage to experts, and they believed that they were on drugs. The police immediately assumed meth, because meth use, unfortunately, was very common in the area. However, when they searched the truck and the vehicles and their home, there was no sign, no trace of drugs. During the course of the investigation, police learned that they had taken in a boarder a few months before, so they invited someone into their house. This gentleman was a handyman doing stuff around the house, and part of the deal was we know Bobby had this really bad back from his accident earlier, so he couldn't do a whole lot of the housework because of chronic pain. Sherilyn and Madison got to the point, though, to where they grew uncomfortable with the man they brought in, especially when Bobby was not there. She claimed that he told her he was a white supremacist. Now keep this in mind, this can't be 100% verified, but this is as we have seen it. Sherilyn said that she had Indian blood, and apparently he didn't appreciate that. He told her, and this is not a smart or nice thing to tell somebody, if he did in fact say it, that she would be better off dead. So she was frightened by this. She went and got her pistol and ran him off the premises, and for some reason thought it'd be a good idea to take shots at his feet with her pistol. Let me say, if, if you carry a gun or you have a gun, don't just shoot at somebody just because. That is not a smart or a good thing to do. Police later found his name on a prescription bottle in the truck and tracked him down. He was interviewed, not only interviewed, but actually interviewed by the FBI, but he was in jail when they went missing. So he was no longer considered a suspect and was exonerated. This leads us to a kind of sad section of the case, and that's when they find the Jamesons. On November 16th, 2013, the Jamesons were finally found. It was two adult skeletons and a child skeleton, and they were 2.7 miles from where the truck was. They were all face down, and they were later confirmed to be the Jamesons using dental records. Unfortunately, it had been years, so the cause of death is unknown. There was just too much decay of any evidence. In fact, a lot of them, even bones and stuff, were missing. Bobby had a hole in the top of his skull, but even that, they couldn't really determine what had caused it because it could have been animals or predators after they had died. There was nothing of real significant evidence at the scene. The remains consisted of three skulls, a large, medium, and small, which makes sense, bones, bone fragments, shoes, and pieces of clothing. 
Now remember, they did a very detailed search for the family, and it was only 2.7 miles away, but it was very wooded areas. It was a very difficult area to search. That would explain why they weren't found by these hunters until four years later. Now we're going to get into an interesting theory. They were both very unconventional in their spiritual beliefs. They had recently been to Pastor Gary Brandon to discuss a few things. Sherilyn claimed that angels frequented the house in the form of children. The angels, one of them was named Emily, and this angel supposedly interacted with Madison. Sherilyn told her mother that Madison talked to dead people. This is a little strange. That is extremely strange. What a twist. To me, that sounds like an imaginary friend. I second that. But when you're Sherilyn, that's actually an angel. To add to that, Sherilyn had a witch's Bible in her home, which I might be naive, but I don't even really understand what that is. Her best friend claimed that the Bible was there as a gag. But here's an interesting story. Sherilyn got into a dispute with a neighborhood because she believed that somebody had poisoned her cat. So she thought, you know, I'll show these people what I'm going to do is spray paint on the Connex box in front of my house, quote, witches don't like their cats being killed. May I point out that really nobody likes their cats being killed, wouldn't you agree? I agree completely. And that isn't something that would typically be spray painted to your Connex by the owner of the property. What in the world? She also had claimed that she had cast demons out of someone. Her friend implied that, you know, Sherilyn just acted crazy because that kept people away from her and that's what she wanted. And, you know, I can see that working, I guess. She does sound pretty crazy. It sounds like mission accomplished for her. Bobby admitted to reading the witch's Bible, and Bobby actually said that he saw spirits on top of their home, three or four of them. They were, quote, giving them trouble, close quote. Bobby went as far as to ask if there was a special type of bullet he could use to kill spirits. Wow, this is getting weird. What in the world, Bobby? Yeah, that is quite possibly one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Obviously, as you can imagine, friends and family were dumbfounded by this question Bobby had about killing spirits. Let me say, if you ever need to kill spirits on top of your roof, please don't just shoot at them. That bullet's going to go up, and who knows where it lands. Come on, Bobby. To add a little more credence to the cult theory, Sherilyn's mother, Connie Kokatan, claimed that Sherilyn was on a cult hit list. But I see absolutely no evidence of that. It's just something that she threw out there. And how would Connie know if this was true and if this was legitimate that she was on a cult hit list? Unless perhaps she was in a cult and then maybe. Yeah, this has red flags all over it to me, but not in a good way. Sherilyn's friend, who we mentioned a few times, said that she received a phone call and that the woman claimed to be...
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply be from a white supremacist group and called her and declared she had inside information that the group kept a list of people that troubled them, implying, of course, that they had something to do with the disappearance. As again, Jaron mentioned earlier, while I guess it's theoretically possible, doesn't seem to have any evidence to back it up, doesn't seem credible in my opinion. Really, the cult theory, in my opinion, isn't all that good of a theory of what happened to them, but it does tell you a lot about kind of who the Jamesons were. They were maybe a little bit weird. Another theory, and this one probably has more legs than most, is the murder-suicide theory. So we know a few things about the Jamesons. One of them is the relationship was in absolute turmoil. In fact, a lot of the reason they were up at that land was they were looking for a, a new start, a new lease in life and together. That makes sense. You want to try to get a fresh slate, a clean slate. I get that. There had been a lot of talks of divorce. The marriage wasn't good at all. And they were in dire straits financially, according to family. But then keep in mind, when the truck was found, they had $32,000 in cash in the truck. And they were in such dire straits. It's just very strange to me why they would have that much cash. It just doesn't add up at all. But the big thing is, in part one, we mentioned a letter that was in the truck. Now we're going to talk a little bit about that letter. It was 11 pages, handwritten, from Sherilyn to Bobby. The letter was not released, but the sheriff, Israel Bochamp, said, quote, it was just hate and discontent, and said that it was from, quote, years of fighting. Quote, a lot of hate, and quote, she felt he wanted to be a loner rather than being with her and Madison. So this to me seems like, although very bad, typical breakdowns of a relationship and stuff that we see that happens when it's not necessarily a good thing. In addition, the family reached out to the police and asked if they had found Sherilyn's pistol. This, of course, was a shock to the police because... They had not found it, and quite frankly, they didn't know anything about this pistol. And it was learned that it was normally left in the truck. Another story that compounded this concern was Sherilyn's mother relayed an experience with Sherilyn. Quote, she became illogical. One day she drove me to Oklahoma City and dropped me off on the street. She told me, get out of my car. So I did. This is just an example of, you know, Sherilyn... She had just become very irrational. 
And remember, the mom had said before that when she was taking her medication, everything was great. But she would stop taking her medication at times, and this is when it went back downhill. And then, when you remember the story of her firing a gun at somebody, we can argue if it was justified or not, but if you're firing at somebody's feet, you know, it just isn't a good look, and it makes me think she really was unstable. But we should point out, you would expect in a murder-suicide that used a pistol, that there should be a pistol found around the bodies, and there was not. And or, let me add, evidence to the bodies of gunshots. Bobby Sr., let's get a little bit into Bobby Sr. here. We know that their relationship was, at the very least, strained. Another common theory is that Bobby Sr. had them killed. Of course, Bobby Jr. claimed that he attempted to hit him with his car and that he was afraid of him. He also claimed that he was involved with the Mexican drug cartel and brought in prostitutes. Holy crap, what in the world? They battled in court. They went back and forth. And when Jaron, as we know, they had that lawsuit about the gas station claiming he was part owner. Very sad, very difficult situation between father and son. In addition, Bob had recently written the Jameson parents out of his will. And remember, he was in very bad health. So for their portion of money, he left it only to their daughter, Madison. Unfortunately, if there is any validity to the theory that Bob had him killed, it's going to be very hard to prove because in December 10th of 2009, so very short after the disappearance, he died of heart failure. And we know he had been through some really bad health struggles for some time. So it seems weird to me that he would call that shot from his deathbed, essentially. Wouldn't you agree? I certainly agree. Literally, it's just a few months later at this point that he passed away. I can see where they're coming from to look into it, but I also don't believe there's any validity there. Something else I struggle with is if they claim that Bobby Sr. had part to do with this, we know he kept Madison in his will, and he loved Madison. I personally don't believe he would have hurt Madison. I don't believe he had anything to do with it. Jack Jameson, Bobby Sr.'s brother, and of course Bobby Jr.'s uncle, he said Bobby Sr. was, quote, disturbed at the time, close quote. And he also said that Bobby Sr., quote, was pretty sure he was not capable of being involved in that, close quote. But he did, of course, believe that foul play in some way was involved in the deaths of the Jameson family. Another theory that's been floated around is maybe there was some type of drug deal supposed to be happening. It has some of those signs. The police speculated that they could have been on meth or some other type of drug. They did have $32,000 in the truck, which, you know, that's really unusual unless you're kind of up to no good. But some of the points against that include who brings their six-year-old daughter to a major drug deal. And on top of that, you would expect that there would have been some type of evidence of drugs or drug use in, if not that truck, at least in their home. And by all accounts, there were not. Current status of the investigation, where the case is now. Unfortunately, investigators are at a dead end. There's not a whole lot to go off of, and as we talked about before, how it took four years to find the bodies. 
that made it extremely, extremely difficult to tell exactly what happened to the Jameson family. Yeah, because DNA would all be basically gone, or completely gone, wildlife would have had their way with the bodies. It would even be kind of hard to tell if they had been shot unless it impacted bones. You wouldn't really know. The sheriff at the time said, quote, A lot of investigators would love to have as many leads as we do. The problem is they point in so many different directions, close quote. And this is a very good point. The leads do kind of take you a little bit of everywhere, and nothing significant at this point has been found besides, I guess you would say, the bodies of the Jamesons. You get the feeling when you watch the sheriff in interviews that he just felt like they were chasing their tail. There always was something there, and they were always so close, but they could just never pin it down. But I do think it's fair to say they worked really hard with the resources they had to see this to an end. And it's just, it's really too bad that they couldn't. And the saddest part of the whole thing is that a six-year-old girl, Madison, passed away. So tips and information. You can contact the Lattimore County Sheriff at LattimoreCountySheriff.com. That's L-A-T-I-M-E-R, CountySheriff.com. They do take anonymous tips, might I add. Their non-emergency phone number is 918-465-4012. And of course, like always, if it's really pressing or you just don't know what else to do, you can always call 911. If you know anything, please contact the authorities because I would love to see justice, especially for the sweet young girl, Madison. Plus... In all honesty, and I hate to say it, but the only way this case will ever be solved is probably going to be a, an account of what happened. Somebody maybe bragging about hurting them, something of that type. Because right now, it's at an impasse and it's not going to go anywhere. We're going to be taking a short break from the podcast so we can focus on Season 2. We'll still be working on it, we'll still be recording and writing, but we wanted to give you a heads up of this. Yeah, it's like we mentioned in part one. We are still going to publish a few short episodes. They're going to have kind of a holiday theme. And we'll be back January 5th of 2020. We want to up our game in the podcast, and we feel it's kind of necessary to take a short break, regroup, and get going again. Something else that we're both really excited about, I'm sure, Jaron, you would agree, is to start season two, we're going to do a very, very well-known case. And it's going to be multiple episodes, we're working very hard on it to get all the details in, specific details. So please stay with us because it'll be a lot of fun. So that is episode 26, The Disappearance of the Jameson Family. Thank you very much for listening to us. We talked about at the end of part one how we had over 10,000 listeners. We also had a very good week last week. So thank you so very much for continuing to tune in weekly and listen to us. It means a lot to me and Jaron, I'm sure... You couldn't agree more. It really does. Our growth has been increasing week by week. It's really exciting to watch. And we owe that to you guys. Thank you very much. Everybody have an absolutely fantastic day. And thanks again for tuning in. And remember, keep your record clean and your prints off the scene.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.